0: You're listening to the Banner Church Podcast, recorded in Scottsdale, Arizona. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, visit us online at banner.church. Hey, uh, before we get started this morning, I want to share just really briefly with you. uh, When you came in, you should have seen these on your seats. And uh, we're ferocious card givers. So this is our series that we're launching on Easter called Hope and Healing. And if you were here last week, you heard kind of all about... Uh, as we were led by the Spirit, how we changed so many things and uh, really like redid this this art and this whole focus based off the Holy Spirit and how He was leading and directing us. And uh, I really want to encourage you, when we launch this family month and we launch Hope and Healing on Easter, we're desiring not just a cool series or a cool Easter, like we're really believing because we feel like this is what the Lord is speaking to us, that for every family, for every person, There's going to be hope for your future and healing from your past. And and I just want to say as your pastor, I'm just asking you to make a commitment to be at church, to be a part of a hope and healing small group for five weeks and just say, you know what, I think that my life, I think that my future, I think that my family or my future family is worth five weeks of my life to say I believe in hope and healing. But I'm going to say go one step even, even farther and I'm going to say, Uh, We believe hope and healing for your neighbors and your friends and the people at your work and and your job. And more than anything, you have an incredible segue to hope and healing right now. And so if you can't physically give this to anybody you know, we have uh, social ones we've posted online. You can send to them or just take a video of you holding it and send that to them. Whatever works, trust me, uh, we are more blessed than we are limited in ways that we can share the hope of Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you, take this card. Uh, they're on your seat. You should have like three or four of them next to you. If not, we have like 12,000 of them. So I'm going to give them every week till you can't stand seeing them anymore. Uh, and then I'm going to give you more because I believe for every person, hope for the future and healing from the past. So um, I just wanna, if you have one of these, would you grab one? I wanna pray over them together this morning. And uh, we're just going to believe. God, I pray over these cards this morning. God, we hold this This is just a piece of paper, but it embodies the mission that you have for your church, for every person near or far. And in a time of isolation, in a time of panic, in a time of infirmity, God, we believe more than anything that hope and healing supernaturally by the power of the Holy Spirit is necessary. And so, God, we hold this card in our hand and we say, God, give us tenacity and creativity and how we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ. In your holy name, amen, amen, amen. Let's pray together this morning one more time. I want to pray over our sermon. I know, God, I thank you this morning for the opportunity to walk through your word and to be a part of your word. And so, God, I pray as we walk through this scripture this morning, would you just give peace to our hearts? Would you speak your love to us? Would you transform where there needs transformation? Would you mend where there needs mending? God, would you restore where there needs restoration? In Jesus' holy name, all God's people said, amen. 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 Can we thank our worship band this morning? Come on. That's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm happy you're here this morning. Definitely a unique week for my wife and I. I'm sure it's a unique week for many of you. Uh, we uh, brought a, a toddler into our home, uh, and so we had a vacation planned. We ended up having to kind of make it this weird pseudo-staycation, uh, but it was, it was I, don't know, I was going to say fun, but maybe that's not the right word. Uh, it was unique, uh, but in season for us, we got to spend time with a two-year-old, and I guess he's almost two, and our daughter, and you know, both of them kind of walking through that journey, and us walking through that journey, and uh, it's it's been amazing. And so I just want to say thank you for everybody who's reached out and loved on us, and it's been a chaotic season. Thank everybody that's given us grace and mercy, uh, as we have a lot of people we're trying to connect, and always never trying to forget anybody or missing everybody, and make sure we could meet up with everybody. But can I tell you, like, life is just crazy for us right now. So I've just been. felt so grateful that everyone's been so merciful to us, honestly. Um, And so I I was excited to come to church today because I was on vacation, but I was still working uh, because you should do that if there's a pandemic and you're a pastor of a church. You should probably pay attention. So I was online, and um, there was, you know, I was on researching, and I you know, was on the webinars with the Governor Ducey's office and the uh, Arizona Department of Health Services, and just getting all this information so that we can respond. And, you know, I, I have to say, as a pastor, it's been one of the more interesting things that I've had to navigate. Uh, they don't teach you this in Bible school. Uh, they, they don't do that. Uh, but what they do teach you in pastoring and in life is to go off the information from professionals, not just from Instagram memers. And so, you know, it took a little longer, but I'm thankful that we're here today. But I, I got to say, it was a chaotic week. And everywhere I look, there kind of seems to be this, this chaos, this fear even in, un, in unease, even when people are trying to kind of play it cool, there, there's still a sense of not quite really being at ease, not really being able to breathe out. And Thursday, if you were in town on Thursday, how many of you heard that just massive storm? I, I don't know if you, if you slept through that, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Because you, you have a spiritual gift of sleep. Because I'll tell you what. Uh, my child had a rain machine on I was like, we can turn this off. Uh, Because it was so loud that at one point in the night, I'm laying there kind of half asleep, half awake, just, you know, contemplating every decision I've ever made in my life. And I just hear that boom. And it like shook our house. And in that moment, I I was awake. And so I had this thought for some reason, because my wife's car, the the sunroof on it, if you don't push it closed, open and close every once in a while, it will get loosened up. Over time. And so I had this thought man, I wonder if that sunroof is loose. So, two o'clock in the morning, it's storming, you know, thunder, lightning. I mean, it like really rains here. Uh, I go out and we had stuck a baby wipe kind of in the corner. But if you know anything about water, once it finds something to like kind of latch and soak into, it becomes like its own funnel. And so, what it had done is I had basically created a funnel from the corner of my wife's sunroof into the middle of her seat, and there was this mini just spring of living water pouring <laughs> right right into her seat. And uh, so I'm out there, like, <laughs> just in, like, a, uh, a jacket and some shorts, trying to, like, shove towels into the car and get everything going and trying to soak it up with, like, a dog blanket. And, and there was just this, I, I get back inside, I'm soaking wet, it's two thirty in the morning. My child has already woken up at one point in the night, and I lay in bed. and Have you ever laid in bed and you have to like tell yourself, "Okay, okay, breathe normal, breathe normal," <laughs> like because <laughs> you're like, <sighs> like sound like a dog who's like been around too many new people, <laughs> like, and so I, I'm laying there in bed and I feel this chaos and anxiety, and you know. I like to say I'm just so spiritual that in that moment I was like, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. But I wasn't. I was anxious and I was fearful. And I began to think of everything. How am I going to respond to these things? how am I going to respond in a way? I'm either going to be a bad pastor because uh, we decide to meet and I'm putting everybody at risk, or I'm going to be a bad pastor because I don't follow the advice of the the government health agencies and I don't believe in healing from the spirit. So, like, someone's going to think I'm terrible at something at some point, and I'm laying there thinking how I navigate this. My mom is a high risk for respiratory things, so I'm worried about her. And I'm laying there and I'm thinking about all these things and all this worry, and in a way, in a way, The storm was kind of a metaphor, I feel like, of what was happening in our life that day. It was mighty. It was chaotic. I had zero control over anything that was happening, did happen, or would be happening. And so all I could do is lay there in that moment and and really embrace and feel what I was feeling. Can you turn this down a little bit for me, amigo? And so in that moment, I just began to, to just speak the name of Jesus and pray the name of Jesus over my house. And I just begin to say, Jesus, 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 Yeshua, Yeshua. I begin to pray over my situation, and I just say, Jesus, in the middle of this storm, would you bring peace right now into my room? Because the storm is still going, and the virus is still going, and people are still worried. And people still need answers that I don't, are answers I don't have. But in the middle of all this, could you bring peace? And so I just began to pray, Jesus, would you bring peace into my parents' home? Would you bring peace into my life? God, I pray over Henry, would you bring peace into his room and into his life right now? Would you bring peace into Lucy and in her room right now? Would you bring peace over people? And I begin to pray through our church and, and pray peace and begin to pray through Jesus, would you bring peace into my heart? Because the reality that at some point in a storm we know is that a very real storm needs a very real God. And so for you, the storm happening right now might not be very real for you. But in your life, either now or has been or will to come, you will face a very real storm, and you need a very real God. If you're facing worry, fear, anxiety, uncertainty, I I feel like you came here to hear that Jesus knows, he sees, and he desires to draw near you this morning. And what I love about Jesus is that Jesus is the answer to the storm in our soul and in our situation. And so when we can get Jesus so clearly into our situation, he not only calms the storm in our soul, but the storm that's surrounding us. And so the more we invite and and have that relational encounter with Christ and he reveals more of himself to us, the more we begin to see the storm here calmed. And the storm out here calmed. And I think if I were to to, to go back in time and begin this journey in the news cycle and all that, I would say we would be a lot better off if we had quieted the storm here by the power of Jesus Christ and quieted the storm out here. And so I want to encourage you this morning. So if you brought your Bible, go ahead and open up to Mark Chapter Seven. We're in our series called "The Messiah." We're talking about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and what that really means. And so, I want to read you one of my favorite portions of Scripture. This is this portion of Scripture, and this um, uh, what, what is happening here is going to be shared in multiple Gospels. But I really like what is focused on in this uh, specific one because it's it's different in each one. Uh, It's interesting because people say that Peter likely helped uh, write this book with Mark. And so they also leave out the portion uh, about Peter. So I don't know if that was his idea or something like that, but we'll see. Uh, So Mark 7, uh, verse 40, or sorry, Mark 6, verse 45. To our slide person, if I give you the wrong thing, I'm sorry. You're just going to read it in the spirit with us. It says this immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida. And while he dismissed the crowd, and after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he, meaning Jesus, saw that they, the disciples, were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them. Walking on the sea, he meant to pass them by. So Jesus sends his disciples across a sea, a body of water, which has happened before. If you were here a couple weeks ago, we talked about that. Jesus sent his disciples to cross a body of water. And as they're crossing a body of water, they encounter a storm, which, surprise, has happened before. So he's sending them across the body of water, have them before, and they encountered a storm which had happened before, but there's a difference this time than the other time. Who could probably guess what is different about this situation? Raise your hand real fast, and I'll call on you. Boom. Jesus isn't in the boat, right? I think that's a big difference, Amen. The, it's interesting how we don't notice that Jesus is in the boat, isn't in the boat until we need him, right? We we don't really notice he's not on the boat until the storm. Like, until that moment, until the wind picked up, nothing was probably unusual. Everything was probably pretty normal. But when that wind picked up, when the storm began to to come up and the waves were crashing and things were happening, I guarantee you someone was like, okay, guys, we've done this before. Somebody go wake up Jesus. And they go back to the back of the ship and they're like, he's not here. Like, what do you mean he's not here? Is he under the pillows? He's not under the pillows. (laughs) They can't wake him up. He's not there. They're like, oh, my gosh, that's right. He's on the mountain praying. Like, what? Really? The, one, the time we need him to do his thing with the storm, he's not here, right? And so they're worried. But scripture tells us in verse 47 that Jesus sees them and that he knows. See, the disciples thought Jesus is not with us and that we are alone because I cannot see Jesus in my storm. It means he must not be here in the storm with me because I can't see Jesus working in this storm, because I can't go, go touch him and wake him up and say, Jesus, right now I need you to, I don't know, do something here, because I can't force him, because I can't wake him up, because I can't see him, that must mean he can't see me, he can't know me, he's not here with us, we're, all, we're alone. But I think this is important. It's just because in your storm, you cannot see Jesus, does not mean that Jesus cannot see you. His presence is not based off your perception, but his power. Jesus isn't near to you or more near to you because you perceive him so much greater. He's near to you because he's Jesus, and it's based off his power. It's based off his authority. It's based off his godhood. So in the middle of struggle, in the middle of of difficulty, Jesus can still be near, even if it doesn't seem like it. Are you still with me? Amen? Amen. And so it says Jesus comes to him at the fourth watch. I I don't know if your scripture in verse 48 says the fourth watch. The fourth watch is about 3 o'clock in the morning. So you have to imagine he sent them out, and they've been doing this for a long, long, long time. So about 3, 4 a.m., Jesus sees them. And what does he see? He sees disciples who are tired, who are weary, who are probably a bit hopeless. Have you ever fought for something for a long time with no results? Like that has a way to make you feel hopeless. And I imagine that is where the disciples felt in this moment. Struggling in our relationships for a long time. Helpless makes us feel hopeless. Right? I've struggled for so long and there's just no progress. And so I feel helpless. There's nothing I can do. So now I feel hopeless. How about going nowhere in your health? Right? There's just nothing you can do. The doctors have given you a diagnosis. There's nothing that will change. And so you feel helpless. And so in the moment of feeling helpless, you feel hopeless about fighting against opposition and things in your life with no breakthrough you just feel helpless against them you feel trapped inside of them and so in that moment of helplessness you feel hopeless can i tell you that's what i've seen more than anything you know that the number five fear in america is someone else getting sick the number 21 or the 21st (laughs) fear in america is me getting sick Myself getting sick. It falls on a huge list after like other things like cyber crimes and white nationalists. Number five is someone else getting sick. Why? Because I can't control it. I can't control if my family gets sick. If my loved ones get sick. And so because I'm helpless, I feel hopeless. But Jesus is a God who brings hope to the hopeless. See, Jesus sees them in their hopelessness. That's who he is. And it says he comes to them because that's also who he is. In verse 48, it says, if you would look with me again, it says he came to them walking on the sea. Jesus came to them walking on the waves. Think about that. The waves that were crushing and killing the disciples, Jesus literally, not just figuratively, put underfoot. He's showing something here that's so powerful and so important to his disciples. God is greater than any storm. See, not only is God with you in every storm, but God is greater than any storm. There is nothing on heaven or on earth that is greater than God. What feels like it is going to crush us can be walked all over by God. What feels like is going to overwhelm us can be overcome by God. And so by walking on water, I love the symbolism. By walking on water, Jesus walks where only God can walk. And he brings the hope and power that only God can bring. See, walking on water, that is a a God thing. If you read in other gospels, Peter gets called out on the water to walk with Jesus. It doesn't go super great with him, but he's walked on more water than I have. So I celebrate him for that boldness, and I want to have that kind of faith. But by walking on water and doing what only God can do, Jesus shows that he brings the kind of hope and the kind of power that only God can bring. This is why we say we believe that all people should be able to experience the freedom and the power of a new life in Jesus Christ. And it says he meant to pass them by. Do you ever read a scripture and you're like, wait, he was just going to go right by them? Like, kind of, kind of. Kind of a weird flex. Like, that's the ultimate power move, to have all your disciples in a boat and be like, yo, what's up, guys? (laughs) Like, like he was just going to pass them by, get to the other side, and be like, what took you guys so long? (laughs) But what it actually means is kind of like, if you've ever read about Moses in Exodus, it's similar to when God reveals his glory to Moses in Mount Sinai. It's actually very, very similar language. In Exodus 33, 21, it says, The Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me where you, meaning Moses, shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of a rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed. It's the same language of the glory passing by. Actually, it literally follows out of Job 9, 8, and 11, which says, God alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. When he passes me, I cannot see him. When he goes by, I cannot perceive him. See, Jesus is connecting himself to what God has said about himself. And so in this moment, he's not trying to be mysterious. He's not trying to hide anybody. He's actually trying to reveal himself that he is God to his disciples. Why? Because a very real storm needs a very real God. A theoretical God, a fake God, a false God, a self-God is not going to help you in a very real storm. Only the real God helps you find real peace in a real storm. And so Jesus reveals himself. And here's what happens. Verse 49, if you're still with me, say amen. He says, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. Okay, stop. (laughs) <laughs> they see him walking on the sea, and they think and it's, it's a very sp- spiritual age, and they think it's a ghost. Think about this. The disciples are more apt to believe, so you're like, how could Jesus be frustrated with them? It's like, well, they were more apt to believe that this was a ghost wandering the ocean in the middle of a storm than they were that this was the God who literally moments earlier took five fish and made, or in five loaves, and made five fish right that feeds 5000 people so much as it was excess they get in a boat they're fighting a storm and all of a sudden they see someone walking in the sea and instead of going like wow god is amazing they're like ghosts <laughs> first response but why because there was a fear and when we get afraid we get confused when we get afraid We get confused and we forget truth and we accept anything that will jump into our mind. And so I don't blame the disciples because I have been them. And it says in this moment in verse 49, he says, or in verse 50, it says, for they all saw him and were terrified. I think that's fair says, but immediately, Mark loves to use the term immediately. He's got this motion, this movement, this strength this, to, his, to his book. If you read in Mark, he uses immediately all the time. It says, but immediately, right away, right in that moment, he spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. I think that has to be one of the most profound statements we can hear. Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Notice something here. What is still happening? The storm is still going, right? like this is being spoken as waves are going and the ship the ship didn't like freeze right things are moving there's still chaos there's still anxiety right it wasn't like stillness speaking storm speaking it, right it wasn't a back and forth it was chaotic sea we're going to die we've seen a ghost jesus speaks into that moment into them amidst the chaos and says take heart it is I do not be afraid he literally sees and senses their fear their anxiety, their worry, their doubt, their anguish, maybe some frustration with him that they probably wouldn't bring up, but it would still be there, right? He's sensing all of these things. And what's amazing is he speaks into them and he says, take heart. Very first thing I believe that Jesus does when he reveals himself to us is he speaks peace into the storm in our soul. Very first thing. He's got to quiet it here. He's got to quiet it down here in our heart. He doesn't say, Take heart because the storm is gone. He doesn't say, Take heart because your situation has changed. See, some of us, we wait until the storm is gone, until the situation is changed before we're okay with taking heart. God, once you've fulfilled the promise, then I'll take heart. God, once you've taken away the storm, then I'll take heart. God, once you've made the path, you know, easy and going and all these things, then I'm going to take heart. But he leads with take heart because it takes faith. It takes faith to take heart. But his statement of take heart is not built on situation. It's built on what? He says, it is I. It is I, meaning it's God. It's Jesus the God of the universe is here for you. Have you ever had somebody speak into a situation in your life and they had, like, no power to change it, but they, like, really wanted to give you advice? Like, you really need to do this. And you're like, yeah, you don't have any power in this thing, so it doesn't matter. You know, it's like somebody who doesn't even work there comes up and, like, tells you what they think your boss should be telling you. See, the difference is that Jesus Christ is actually Lord of the universe and that he is God who reigns over all and he sits upon the throne and that God reigns and that Jesus sits with him and that they reign above all things. And so they have all authority and that the triune God is all powerful. And so when Jesus sees the storms, he walks on the storm, he walks on the water and he comes and he speaks in, not as just some person without power or authority, but as God who has all power and all authority. See, in the middle of chaos, like this week, Faith is hearing the voice of Jesus speaking into our heart and saying, even though the storm is still raging, I recognize that you are, you are God so I can have peace in the deepest part of my soul. Faith is saying, listen... Even with all this stuff, it could get better, it could get worse. It could get great, it could be the worst thing that's ever happened to the planet. I don't know, and neither are you, neither do you. We don't know. Literally, this could end, something new could happen. And then guess what after that? The whole world could burst into flames and we could all die. Right? You could live with that kind of fear all you want. You could... Follow End Times Prophecy on YouTube and knock yourself out 24-7 about the waves of blood and fire that are coming upon, listen, faith. Is hearing the voice of Jesus speaking in the middle of the storm and saying, listen, even though all this is going on in my family, in my finances, in my health, in my situation, in my uncertainty in my future, I'm still going to believe that you are God and you are the prince of peace and I can have peace in my soul even though the whole world feels like it's on fire. What conquers anxiety is not ignoring or overemphasizing the coronavirus. It's not saying this is no big deal or this is a huge deal. It's saying Jesus is greater than all. He resides within me by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so though my anxiety over bills and work and family and pandemic and provision and health want to arise in the night, I'm going to say, Jesus, I still choose to have peace that passes all understanding. Here's what Jesus says. If you're taking notes, write these down. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Here's what he says, John 16, 33. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, some of your uh, virgins might say troubles. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I feel like the disciples, Jesus has come. If you're here, I know we have people listening online. If you're at your home and you're worried because you have a health crisis and you're not able to physically be here. I feel like Jesus is speaking to you today. Take heart for I am with you. Take heart. Find peace in your soul. Because I'm with you. I'm here with you. Do not be afraid. In Mark 6, 51, it's the last part. It says, and he, Jesus, got into the boat with them. Now we're talking. And the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded. For they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. That, that last thing is a whole nother sermon. <laughs> but I love this part. When Jesus spoke to the disciples, the storm was still raging. As they got peace within their souls, what did they do? And we know from the other gospels, they called to him, Peter ran to them, and then Jesus came back. And what does it say that they do? They brought him into the boat. When did the storm die down? When Jesus got into the boat. See, there's not just theoretical implications for nearness, but Jesus Having Jesus in our situation is not just just a great idea. There are direct physical and spiritual results of having Jesus so clearly revealed in our situation. When he got into the boat, the storm ceased. I like that word. Ceased is a great way of saying totally and completely stopped. If someone tells you cease, that is like the most, (laughs) you're going to stop whatever you're doing. (laughs) But it's this idea of totally and completely stop. See, when Jesus was separate from the disciples, there was distress. When he steps into the boat, there's complete calm. See, we need Jesus in the boat with us. When Jesus steps into our situation, he calms our soul and our storm. Often I think we fill the boat with so many things that he can't even get in. We're material hoarders. We're emotional hoarders. We're relational hoarders. And so we filled the boat with so many people, so many things, so many reasons, so much insecurity, so many things that he's like got to kick over, um, you know, yesterday's self-focus and all of these other things and our schedule just to even get in the boat. Because we have so filled it with everything else that it's hard in our situation to invite Jesus in. We didn't even make time for him this week to speak into our life during this crisis. So we're not that surprised he's not in the boat. If we want the power of Jesus in our lives, if we want the peace that passes all understanding in our lives, then we more than anything need to invite him and welcome him into the boat. I thought about this as the news grew. Uh, about the coronavirus, I was like, how am I responding right now? Because <laughs> let me tell you the time I was the most anxious was when I was on Instagram. And I was just scrolling through all of these things like, oh my gosh, am I making the right choices? Am I doing the right things? Am I right? And I f- began to feel this thing. And I think social media is an amazing tool. Like I, but it is a terrible master. And it would become, when it begins to become master of my soul, then I, I have a problem See the endless stream of social media, the endless stream of the news, the endless constant building and self and all these things. It does not bring peace, only Jesus Christ. Being informed is important. Please be informed. Please go on the CDC website. Please go on AZDHS, you know, Department of Health Services. All those things are important. But it will not bring you peace. Without Jesus, there's distress. With Jesus, there's a peace that passes all understanding. He brings hope. He brings power. He brings Healing. This is why we have this series, Hope and Healing. I want to read to you Psalm 91. If you brought your Bible, flip there real quick and I want to I want to read to you. It won't be on the screen, so if you don't have your Bible, I'm just gonna encourage you to reflect in this moment as I read it to you. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord. My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you in his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right, but it will not come near you. Here's what the Lord says, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. The Lord says, I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Get Jesus in your boat. man. you can come up this morning. Get Jesus in your boat. I think we need Jesus in our boat now more than we have ever needed him as a culture. Because I'm going to tell you, uh, we're not done being afraid of things. Get Jesus in your boat. Jesus is the remedy, the response, the answer to fear. He is the clear response. See, fear did not come from him. There's a fear of the Lord, which is an awe and a respect and a reverence and a devotion. But fear, to be afraid, to be anxious, to be worried, that does not come from the Lord. Jesus came to bring freedom, not fear. 1 John 4.18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. We got to get Jesus into the boat. Break out of the metaphor. How do we get Jesus? Cool. How do we get Jesus into the boat? First thing is stop. Jamin preached a a great message on Sabbath, and one of the very first things he talked about is how to stop. I'm going to encourage you stop. Stop constantly scrolling social media, stop constantly fighting uphill. Stop constantly devoting our minds and our spirits to to words that do not come from him. Stop, stop rowing, stop panicking, stop fighting the storm. I'm not saying give up. I'm not saying be a bad citizen. I'm saying in your soul and in your anxiety and in your concern, stop. Take a breath for a second. Step back. How do we get Jesus in the boat? We stop and then we call out for him. So the disciples cried out, literally with your voice, cry out to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you in this situation. Be completely honest with him. How do we get him into the boat? Stop, call out to him, be completely honest with him. Allow him to be honest with you. See, he wants us to reveal all of our fear and anxiety so that we can release it fully to him. As he reveals himself to us, we need to relinquish the fear and anxiety that we hold on to for our children, for our future, for our finances. We need to relinquish it, but we cannot relinquish it. We cannot lay it at his feet until we're honest with him. Be honest, Jesus. I don't know how I'm gonna pay my bills this month. Jesus, I, I, I'm struggling today with anxiety for my family members. Jesus, I'm frustrated at how people are responding to this. And so I'm struggling with anger, whatever it is. Jesus, I, I'm sick. If you're listening online and you're sick. Jesus, I, I, in my body, I'm sick and I'm unhealthy. Be honest with him. to reveal more of himself to you. As you're honest with him, Jesus in his love and his power and his grace to you will begin to reveal more of himself to your heart. Get Jesus into your boat. Get Jesus into your family. Like, I don't know how he's going to get into my family. My family's sinking. You are how he's going to get Jesus into your family. Jesus into the boat with your family. Get Jesus into the boat with your work. Get Jesus into the boat with your friends. Bring him in. Invite him in. Are your fellow employees, are the people in your life, are they concerned? Are they scared? Because people aren't hanging out as much, but they're still talking, if not more. Get Jesus into that boat. This is your opportunity. See, you're not the only one in the storm. Trust me, when you bring Jesus into those places for your family, for your coworkers, for your friends, you bring not just some guy with a beard from a couple thousand years ago. What he brings is hope. What he brings is healing. And more than anything, we need hope and healing. I, I get it. Storms are not fun, but they are amazing opportunities. If you're... Uh, in here and you're old enough to remember the church's response to September 11th I think we were at our best on September 12th why because in the totally when the glass breaks and the veil is torn on how much control we actually have in the world we need to reach to the one who actually has control over the world and that's Jesus Christ and so as you do that as you reach out to him and as you draw him into your relationships to your family Yes, there is difficulty, but there is also opportunity. You get to bring people a hope that will not fail and that will calm the storm here in their soul and in their situation. If you're worried, take heart. Jesus is with you. If you're not worried, someone else is. So take Jesus to them. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to pray for two things this morning, whether you're here or you're online with us. I'm just going to invite you, just close your eyes with me this morning, if you would. Everyone in this place or in your homes, I want to pray a couple things. I'm going to invite you, just in any prayer posture, if you pray with your arms up, if if you lift up before the Lord in a posture of kneeling or whatever, I just want to pray this morning. For a release of worry and anxiety and fear over you this morning. So if you're in this place and you struggle with worry, anxiety and fear, I want to pray for you. If you're at home, I want to pray for you. But I also want us to pray over our city and over our nation, a release from worry and anxiety and fear. And that as a nation, as a city, that we would bring Jesus into the boat. So if you're with me, I'm going to pray, and I just invite you to agree in prayer with me this morning. Jesus, we thank you that you are the almighty God, that you are greater than all things. God, that the things that look like they can crush us, you can put underfoot, because you are mighty, you are victorious, you are a good God, and so I pray right now over, first and foremost, this church this morning, everyone in this room and everyone online, God, I pray a release. From the beginning, you have been bringing order to where there was chaos. And so we pray over this church order instead of chaos, peace instead of fear, wholeness and rest instead of anxiety. God, we pray over every person here. If you're in this room right now and you are just struggling with anxiety, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit, it released the lies of the enemy, released over you. The lies of the enemy that this is greater than the most high God released by the power of the Holy Spirit. We bind up fear in the name of Jesus by his blood that defeated death, hell, and the grave and rose again to bring us victory. By the victory of Jesus Christ, we speak healing for every person. And God, we turn our attention to our city and to our nation. And God, we pray a release from worry and anxiety and fear in the name of Jesus over this nation. We're going to pray one more thing together. We're going to pray radical healing over this world and every nation that this virus would be released in the name of Jesus. We join with all people today. As a church, we have set today as a day of prayer and fasting and so you can join us in any way by praying with us and fasting with us and the nation actually called today as a national day of prayer which is amazing. But let's pray together. God, we pray this morning for complete and total healing in the name of Jesus, complete and total healing in the name of Jesus, over this world, God, every nation, every continent, every person, every chain broken, everybody healed, the elderly, the young, every single person, God, there is no race or no nation or no people group that is beyond your healing power. So by the power of the Holy Spirit, we unify with others in the body of Christ who share the same spirit. And we pray this morning, your holy power released upon them and a mighty healing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, a mighty healing over every person, a mighty healing in the name of Jesus. Just take a second and begin to lift up your city and begin to lift up a prayer over this nation and begin to say, Jesus, we pray right now. If I'm anxious, I invite you into the boat. If I'm struggling, I invite you in right now to bring peace. And God, if I feel like I'm connected to you, then I pray, God, would you use me this week to bring hope and healing to other people?